What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Decode Podcast. I am your host, Ken Cardez, a.k.a. Omega Z, editor-in-chief of the Decor written content of Digital Ear Entertainment and host of the Decode Podcast. I'm here with my partner in crime, producer of said show, Gino, a.k.a. CL Geek Boy. Hello, everyone. Cafe life seems to be treating you very horrendously, <laughs> hasn't it? <laughs> that, that's putting it lightly. <laughs> oh, for those of you who heard in the in the pre-show, uh, I I'm not going to repeat it. <laughs> no, we don't have to repeat it, but it's just interesting. The uh, like, follow your dreams. The, the, the just thing, follow them responsibly. The things that happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm all for following your dreams. Just follow them responsibly, please. No, I'm gonna go to Hollywood. <laughs> no, I'm not going to Hollywood. Um, yeah, so we got a pretty interesting show for you guys today. Uh, but as always, before we get into it, let's uh, catch people up with what we've been up to since last week. Uh, so, Gino, anything new in the games realm that you've been playing, or anything new happening at the cafe? Uh, nothing actually new at the cafe as of yet. We are working on, um, becoming a location for Pokemon TCG becomes an in-person store thing again. Um, uh-huh. I have to wait 30 days because I failed the test because I misread a question, but <laughs> that's what I've been doing. <laughs> um, but other than that, it's just same old. I've been watching a lot of Apex. I might start playing again. I'm not entirely sure. Um, the game looks good mm-hmm. now. So Yeah. Apex was always good. Uh, I don't know. Did you see that recent, uh, not confirmed, but probably is confirmed leak of the new character that is coming to Apex? Uh, I saw bits and pieces, but I try not to pay attention to leaks, especially when it comes to like, like the devs at Respawn and everything. Like, I, I, I like them so much for, for the whole Titanfall universe and everything that like, I'm like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to spoil myself or anything. Uh, well, I guess other than I, I, well, I mean, I, I watched it just because it was the most interesting thing I, I've ever seen. Um, so apparently, uh, this tester uploaded a bunch of stuff to a Twitter page that they made, and they put up all sorts of uh, videos of test footage for this character because obviously you know when they yeah. make new characters yeah. they, have, they have people that they, they try out beforehand try, yeah they do the white box stuff everything yeah so uh, the reason why I feel like super authentic is that the videos like it just looks like Apex Legends like you know they had all the other characters there like for someone to go through all the trouble of making every single character and making the entire location and then putting in a fake character I think that's a lot of work um but one of the interesting things about this particular new character that's coming to the game is that their ultimate is to actually summon a Titan from Titanfall. And Titan drops from the sky and shoots a bunch of stuff and blows things up and then it goes away. So I thought that was really cool. So we're getting what's his name finally... from two, aren't we? We're actually getting what's his name from two, aren't we? I don't know. Hope we get the pilot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... uh... What have you been playing this but, week? You know, I mean, obviously, I've been on Fall Guys, which we streamed on our regular streaming content these past couple of days. Uh, but I have also been replaying uh, what our topic is today. I have been replaying the recent Tomb Raider trilogy uh, that, Square, that Square Enix has put out. Uh, they released all three games as a special bundle. They had it at a special price for about two weeks. I think it almost ends this week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so you can get all three Tomb Raider games uh, digitally for $19.99. So that was a pretty good deal, and I've been actually replaying it. And it's also partly the reason why I wanted to give Wait. the franchise... That a little, a little bit of uh, love. <laughs> wait, wait, time out, time out. Isn't 1999 the year that the first game came out? I believe so. Something tells me it was 98, but I think it, it dropped. It's either 99, 99 or 98. 
I think it well it was in the same year as Resident Evil. Okay, so it was ninety six the first game came out. It was ninety six. Yeah, so then that would be Yeah, the last revelation. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yes. <laughs> it appears Mario knows Tomb Raider lore is much yeah. uh, 96 was OG Tomb Raider because that was definitely before Final Fantasy 7. I remember yeah. that much. Um, and I didn't have my PlayStation until uh, Final Fantasy 7 dropped. And my first Tomb Raider game, ironically enough, and we'll go into it later in the show, was Tomb Raider 2. Um, but I've been replaying the trilogy just to kind of like refresh myself because I haven't played them in so long. And... It's like, like, I, like I was saying, it's part of the reason why I wanted to theme this episode around Tomb Raider's 25th anniversary. We already went into detail with Resident Evil. Resident Evil is also celebrating its 25-year anniversary uh, in this time frame. Um, and we went into, def- into a lot of depth with that with the Resident Evil Village reveal. So felt like we didn't have to go too into Resident Evil's anniversary. Um but Tomb Raider, but Tomb Raider. Was basically the one that I wanted to do. Um, also, you know, March is Women's History Month. And what better way to celebrate women's history with one of the greatest femme fatales in video games, that being Lara Croft. So, hence why today's episode is going to be about Lara Croft and the Tomb Raider franchise. We'll get into that later in the show. Uh, but first, we're going to take a look at some of the uh, the news things that have dropped. Um, the biggest thing today is uh, we had the BAFTA Awards. Oh, that's the biggest thing today? <laughs> that is literally the biggest thing today. <laughs> I, I, I object to that. <laughs> Why? <laughs> today is Dota 2 day. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> No, like, like it's actually kind of crazy what also Valve did today, but we'll get into that later, I guess. Yeah, so we had the uh, the BAFTA. For those of you who don't know, if you don't know, that means you haven't been paying attention to our show. Um, they are the British Academy Game Awards for technology and all that awesome stuff. Basically well, video games. Originally, originally <laughs> they more. are the British Association of Film and Television. That's what Yes. Yeah. And then they but added they, they added games. Uh, how many years ago? Like four years ago, I want to say? I believe it was about four or five years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, BAFTA had its awards, which was earlier today. I mean, it was today, but today in the UK. And we all know how UK is, like, in the future. Because, you know, time. technically time. <laughs> Um, BAFTA awards are super prestigious. This is some of the highest level accolades that a a video game, whether it's the you know the game itself or certain performers and things like that, uh, can win. Um, the biggest takeaway was that Hades, Ghost of Tsushima, and The Last of Us Part Two all pretty much walked away uh, big winners, taking multiple categories. Um, the fan voted game of the year was The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, Hades managed <laughs> Hades managed to walk away with the BAFTA game of the year. Yay! So, yay for that! Yay for that! I'm confused <laughs> with the one award. Actually, I'm confused with the two award. I get Sackboy Big Adventure winning family, but also new. Animal Crossing New Horizons would also be a family game, or Fall Guys, I would say. But best multiplayer going to Animal Crossing really confuses me. So if you... So it makes more sense when you watch why they gave it okay. that award. And it was more about how like Animal Crossing came out during the time that it did and brought people together. Uh, in unprecedented ways during the pandemic and lockdown. Okay, that that's fair. That's fair. Because uh, when you look at all the other the- like games that it's up, but that it's with in terms of multiplayer, I, Deep Rock yeah. Galactic. I wouldn't put Ghost of Tsushima in this category personally. Um, 
Tech, uh, and Valorant, Fall Guys. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it me definitely off. coincides with what we said in our own yeah. game, game of the Year video, uh, which is why it was part of the trifecta of games yeah. that walked away with our 2020 Gotti. Um, Sackboy walked away with Best British Game. I thought that was hilarious. That is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the reason for that is though, because uh, Media Molecule is based in you in the UK, so that's the fall guys. I, 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 media tonic, yes. Media tonic. <laughs> is, oh, that that's there's a lot of there's a lot of media. Yeah, now that it's like now that yeah, like that's a bit like uh. <laughs> for sure. I like how Sea yeah, has got something. I like that. Good. I like how Sea of Thieves won Evolving Game. Because what, at that game's launch, it was kind of a mess. But as, like, <laughs> you could was... tell that Rare has put more love and care into the game. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's another No Man's Sky, only this time underwater. <laughs> yeah. And it's fun. It's, it's legitimately fun. For sure. Excuse me. You gotta forgive us, guys. It's been a very long week. For me, it's been a very long work week, so my, my, it's it's hard for me to get into the rhythm again because I'm in one week, and then I'm off the next week. So it's like I get a vacation every other week that I paid for to stay home. <laughs> but because I know I don't have to go to work, I sleep in, Yeah, and my sleep schedule gets all like Messed thrown up? out the window. Yeah, I get how yep. you feel. Yeah, I get exactly how you feel so, my body right now is like, you need a nap. And I'm like, no, I need to do the show. <laughs> I'll nap after. <laughs> Which means after the show, I'll probably go pass out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> such is the life of the Gaming. slow recovery from pandemic times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we have some Dota 2 news, Gino. Why don't so you go and... Uh, today, for those of you who are alive with us on the show, um, and those who will be listening in the future... Uh, you already know this, but the Netflix adaptation of um, Dota 2 drops today. And on top of that, Valve, we haven't really heard much about um, the new player experience or anything, anything like that. And the community got together and did something. It made a custom game for the new players, like explaining how to play Dota and stuff like that. And then Valve today, linking to that, to that thing, um, dropped that a, literally yesterday, a new approach to helping players learn Dota. Um, there's a whole streamlined shop for new players, new player objectives that show you like how to do well, new player rewards, there's a new glossary system, um, and a specific mode for players who are, who are brand new to the Dota universe that will keep things away. Um, there are new bots and new in-game wizard tips for everyone. The thing that makes everyone excited, though, is smurfing in Dota 2 is now a bannable offense. Those of you who do not, who do not know what smurfing is, it's when a higher-level player rolls a new account for Dota 2 and proceeds to go through the, the lower ranks and curb stomp everything. They pull off plays that are not for that, for that rank. So that would be like if Ken was... Like um, a platinum player, say in uh, Call of Duty, right? Then he rolls a new uh, new game and everything, gets it like super cheap, rolls a new PSN and everything, and starts at bronze. And then he's always dominating, giving him a, a higher KDR and a faster way to level up. Um, this is now a full banful using the new. Um, uh, Overwatch system and player accountability, as well as other ways like tying your Steam account to your phone. There's also a new thing for returning players if you haven't played for a long time. There's a new role queue for them. They updated the Dota 2 website so that it's in all the languages that the TV show has been like translated to. And they also announced that there will be a patch following the Singapore Major as the day the next update ships, the, um, the Friday following it. 
So 729 will include also the brand new uh, hero as well as balanced focused gameplay update as in they're balancing uh, the issues and doing um, The running joke is now that the website no longer says beta. So we're out of beta again in 10 years. Okay. Um, the Netflix trailer had something of an old callback. It's been 10 years, but Base Hunter playing uh, Dota 2 also. So people have been excited for that. <laughs> yeah. We left beta and went back to beta. So you know, uh, Mario, <laughs> we were we left beta in 6.0, and then when we hit 7.0, Ice Frog, the the lead dev of Dota 2 in the original Dota game, um, said, "Actually, we're going back to beta because I want to test new items." <laughs> so ten years of beta. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's it's interesting for those of you who want to take a look at the uh, new site. It's just Dota2.com. Um. It, it looks great. Like, the spring update and everything is absolutely insane. And watch the new uh, TV show, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a Netflix anime, so it's definitely going to get some type of larger ability. It's, it's really gory. Like, it's like, I, it, and it's listed as book one of, like, apparently, like, five books. So, <laughs> it's going to be interesting. <laughs> Yep. In uh, more esports news, uh, a new esports stadium is coming to Chicago. The city council uh, in Bronzeville uh, has approved development of a 1,000 person occupancy uh, near McCormick Place and Wabash Avenue for your Chicago locals over there. And it's said to be an event center that will have uh, widescreen. Wide immersive screens, food, drink, and luxury suites. Uh, so this is one of the newest esports expansions in the United States, and uh, I, I look forward to seeing it when it's done. It's going to be called Surge Stadium, and I'm wondering if it's going to be sponsored by Surge Cola. I I was just about to ask you, like, Surge as in like. <laughs> <laughs> I know they used to put it on like Amazon, but I haven't seen it in years. Uh, is that by the main convention center? I think the main one in the actual city. Yes, I think it's near that one. What if they'll do like a? Is that convention center is used for also? Um... Oh, I forgot the the FGC. Uh. I remember it by its tagline, Combo Breaker. I don't know. I know it's near the ones for uh, C2E2. Yeah. Which is, like, right by the actual, like, Chicago Bean and all that. It's all in that area. Like, because, you know, stadiums and stuff. <laughs> I wonder when New York will get its dedicated uh, esports arena. We have one. It's called the Waypoint Cafe. It sucks at 65 I am tiny. I can't fit a thousand people in there. <laughs> uh, yes, you can. It might violate a bunch of codes. Oh, violate uh, so many codes <laughs> so fast. Uh, um, oh, speaking of esports, did you see the, uh, the Valorant drama, actually, regarding 100 Thieves? No, I, I, I saw a blip of it on, like, Twitter, but I was at work while I was skimming through, okay. and I didn't read it. So, <laughs> so the 100 Thieves coach was fined and, I think, suspended for a game or two. I'm not... Because he used terse language, right, official? Um, the issue at hand, though, actually matters, in my opinion. Because it was a dealing with what is fair in Valorant. It was during a tournament. Two of the players on the opposing team were actually near the server that they were playing on. So they had a ping of eight. While I believe 100 Thieves total team, the, the average was 44. And Riot was essentially making the argument that, no, that's not a huge difference. And it's like, no, that in a first-person shooter, that is a huge difference. They were arguing to have the server move. 
so that both teams can have a more fair ping. Hmm. Um, and apparently, like, he, he did get frustrated because they did rule against 100 Thieves in the past about this before, and it seems like, even though it was for the opposite thing, where they said, oh yeah, we will move the server, and it was a decision that they made, but apparently this time around they decided not to move the server. It, it If you watch the video, it, it, it's really interesting. Um, okay. The Terse language is adage like you could just being like he's like arguing at the wall and you get frustrated yeah so, he was probably very very angry and had a, a very raised tone yeah that, that's yeah and he, he i think he called like it's like you guys are stupid that is i think that was the term that set riot off i'm sitting yeah. here, i'm like really that's the term that sets you off <laughs> 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 i'm like he called you stupid and you're mad now okay um, you use the mad, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, jumping off of that, there was some Overwatch League news this week. Um, Overwatch League has announced that they are ending the MVP skin. They're never doing it yep. again. Never. Yeah, never. It's done. It's done. They're it's never making another <laughs> MVP skin. People think that this is in response to the whole thing. Um, which I I guess yeah. I don't understand why you would take away an award for that. Like, okay, but the little, I think the little, I think it's a little harsh just because you had one, like you could get rid of that one MVP skin and refund it, but keep the actual, like the awarded skin. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was Blizzard's decision. Everyone's kind of confused by it. Oh, well. Uh, There's some game news this week. A lot of game news this week. Um, Discord's in the news. Shall we talk about that? Yes, I was hoping we were going to get to that. So yes. Dis- Discord made the rounds uh, because it's reported that they are in talks of being sold or that they may go public in the stock trading sphere. Yeah. Uh, Rumors have come out that Microsoft may be buying them for like $10 billion or something like that. Which I have feelings about this, which one, we called it. (laughs) (laughs) Two, uh, the fact that Microsoft changed Xbox Live to, to Xbox Network. Yes. Um, like if Microsoft does wind up buying Discord, I think it's good for Microsoft in many ways, but I also have like a cautionary feeling towards it, given, you know, what happened with like Mixer. I, um, I, I actually, it's fun. It's funny you bring that up because I actually went back and re-looked at everything but they did with Mixer. And while, yes, they killed the platform, they made more money selling the technology. All of Facebook gaming is using the Mixer backbone. So Mixer is, quote-unquote, dead, but, like, the base is still there, which would Maybe it might come back as something with the Discord acquisition that would be like, because Discord can stream. Now imagine you could stream on Discord, you could log into Discord on your Xbox, which you already can do. Um, and then now just stream to all your servers via the Xbox, via the console. Right. Um, it's also funny you bring up Skype. Skype? Well, Skype is still used. <laughs> Skype, everyone complains about, like, oh, how Microsoft ruined Skype. That's not entirely true. Skype ruined Skype. (laughs) Because it didn't know whether or not it wanted to replace Windows Phone or not. That's the honest truth. Remember, Skype was originally created as a way for people to have a low-cost way to call their relatives around the world. I still have a Skype USB cell phone. Like, you would plug it into your computer, you dial, 
could use a regular phone. People forget that. That was a thing. <laughs> but um, I think the Microsoft acquisition of Discord makes the most sense. It's already integrated with Xbox Live or Xbox Network now. Um, and Discord doesn't have... And Discord will move everything from their AWS server bases to Azure server bases, which is really what Microsoft they're really competing with AWS, Amazon, as like a server host. So, as the Sony fan here, Ken, how do you feel? I I'm indifferent to it, you know, because it's still going to operate the same way. Yeah. It's still it's still gonna be used for the purpose that it's used for. It's, it's a meeting point. You can do videos on it. You can do video meetings on Discord. It's essentially a forum based Zoom. <laughs> I guess yeah, with with better like that. Um, yeah. My question is, Microsoft already has Microsoft uh, Teams, which is their competitor. The one thing that Discord yeah. does not have is a collaborated workspace. It's like, oh, I'm working on a document. You could look at it at the same time and also make changes. Stuff like that. I would like to see that brought into My my question is why would Microsoft need to buy something like Discord in the first place? It feels like it's one of those things where they're doing it just to do it. I could see the thing behind it. Um, there's already integration. It's probably good integration already with uh, Xbox Live and uh, Discord because they had that already set up. Pass right. Um, it's also would replace. As you notice, they've they've not they've made a bunch of changes to Xbox Live in the Xbox Network announcement, where voice chat and yeah. text chat is now free. It would replace their old voice servers, which I think are basically from the three era. <laughs> um, and I think that that's basically what they're doing is they're trying to turn their network platform and use right. something like Discord, which would already play with games on Windows. It's already used on Windows, already on phones, already on Android on, and iOS. It just makes it so much easier, especially when you start doing, like, the app streaming and everything. So, right. it, it, as a business perspective, it makes sense. It just Instead of recreating the wheel, just acquire it. <laughs> <laughs> no need to recreate the wheel. We'll just buy it outright. Basically, just buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because we have money. We have Microsoft. And, money. and the fact that they offered ten billion scares off. Honestly, every other the only competitor who could do it is Amazon. And right now, I don't think Amazon wants to spend that much money, especially nope. judging by the fact that they've barely made their money back with Twitch. <laughs> I think also Amazon's too busy focusing on other things at the. Oh, well, yeah, that, that too. I mean, yeah. 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 <laughs> Forget innovation. We have money. Yeah. Um, this also goes back to how I think, like, the Series S is going to be the perfect college. Um, like, well, that's, that's what it was designed for, so... Like we we always said when we, when they first unveiled the X and the S, we did say that the S felt more like this is the college dorm system, you know, for yeah, Timmy, little Timmy and little Sally as they go into their little two by two dorm room. Oh, don't remind me! With the, don't <laughs> with remind me! I literally had <laughs> a, I no, I literally had a five by three area that I slept in. I had a closet my first year. Five by three? Like, five can foot, you even fit a five bed foot, in there? Five foot long, three feet wide. We had, you know those, um, 
those, we had a bed that was like those extended twins, but they were really thin. That's awful. It was awful. <laughs> it was absolutely awful. Ugh. <laughs> College PTSD. <laughs> I never, I never did the dorm experience. I commuted to school, so I, I never knew what that was like. I've hung out in dorms. That was an experience. <laughs> but man, okay, school. I don't miss it. <laughs> yeah, but um, speaking of other acquisitions, Sony. Sony bought Evo. We, we, we talked about that. I know we talked about it, but now I have another. Now, now, now I have a little bit more information about it. Um, okay. Part of the reason why it is being bought has been um, confirmed that it was a decision by the Japanese Fighting Games Association that Sony would be the start a new company essentially buy it. And the reason why is because apparently these devs have felt that. Evo was too Capcom heavy. Which, in all honesty, yeah. I, I, I um, So, this association is made up of uh, different developers, including Capcom. It's SNK, Bandai, Nam- uh, Bandai Namco. Um, is it Ninja Theory that does Dead or Alive? No, that's Team Ninja. That's Team Ninja. Um, and SNK, and it's basically a way to ensure that fighting games have a more coherent. So that puts me at a bit more of a, of a rest. That's good. (laughs) That's all the information I got out of that, other than that there's a new Melty Blood. I saw that that was announced. Yeah. Uh, did they do a did I, they do a trailer yet for it or something? No. Or so you want to know how they announced it, which is even better? They announced it in Fate Go. Oh Jesus! <laughs> because it's the same universe, and it's like, yeah, yeah, be excited, new Melty Blood, and I'm like, oh, they're remaking the game? No, brand new. I'm like, uh okay. <laughs> These are things that uh, we didn't expect. <laughs> it's like of all places, it was announced in Fate Go and in the um, specific Fate uh, magazine as well. So I'm like, oh, oh, okay, that that's great. <laughs> Interesting uh, place to make a game announcement. I, I mean, those are the fans who would buy it. So if you already have them captured, you might as well advertise to them. Uh-huh. They're all fate characters, just with different names, essentially. Fate fighting game. Fake fighting game. <laughs> it is a fate fighting game. All of those characters are from the Fate Stay Night universe. They just have um, different tweaks to them, or they go under a different name. That's about it. Right. I've largely ignored it, so... <laughs> I know. Most people largely ignore fate. <laughs> yeah. I like to keep, I like to keep my sanity. So. Oh, you mean you like to keep your historical facts correct? That too. Ah, <laughs> uh, but speaking of history, shall we get on to our favorite archaeologist from Britain, or grave robber, <laughs> depending on your point of view? Yes. So <laughs> Tomb Raider is currently celebrating its 25th anniversary. Square Enix is doing. A big campaign uh, for the Tomb Raider franchise. Most recently putting all three games on sale for $19.99. I think that sale is over at the end of this week. So if you're looking to get it digitally for the cheap. Hashtag sponsored, not sponsored, (laughs) etc. You can get all three games for $19.99. I'm a big Tomb Raider Are these remasters or no? No, they're just the regular games that came out on. What did the they console. give away at the beginning of pandemic last year? Don't remember exactly. So Square just gave away like the first game. Oh, okay, so it's the other. 
Um, so yeah, so they they did that. Uh, they promised that more is coming. We do know that the sequel to the reboot movie is on the way at some point. Um, and they also said that more things are going to be happening in terms of the video game sphere of the Tomb Raider games. Um, most notably, recently, uh, there's been a mobile game that is currently going through a test run over in the Philippines and most Asian countries right now, and it's called Tomb Raider Reloaded. Uh, it's had a soft launch in a few different regions. It's gone in Thailand, uh, the Philippines most recently, and it's essentially a mobile version of Tomb Raider. I like that. Yeah, it's essentially a uh, RPG kind of thing. It's really weird to watch. Um, it was made by a Canadian studio and Square Enix London. It's available on iOS and Android. Uh, it's going to release free-to-play. Uh, there will be in-game purchases. So it's probably going to be... Uh, I guess a gotcha type thing, maybe? I don't know. It could be a gotcha. It could also be kind of like what the Final Fantasy Brave Exodus is, which is like partly gotcha, but you don't really need to do the gotcha to get through the game. So, uh -huh. that's it. Yeah. Uh, I definitely want to check it out whenever it decides to make its way to the States. I um, mean, if they're testing it in um, Southeast Asia... Already, um, probably when it releases there, you could probably just sideload it onto your phone if you have Android. That that's what a lot of people just instead of waiting. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there is a uh, a trailer. So, for those of you with the Google fools, uh, you can definitely look up a, a trailer for Tomb Raider Reloaded. Uh, but what we want to get into is the overall franchise. You know. Tomb Raider's beginnings, its hiccups most of the way through its series, and of course the most recent reboot. Um, I think it's best to start with our own personal experiences with Tomb Raider. Um, do you know when when did did you? I'm I'm sure you've played the Tomb Raider games, right? I've played the original um, first two games, and I've kind of fell off of it. Um, uh -huh. They were actually. Um, but I didn't play them when they first came out. I played them when I was in high school. Like the early 2000s. 2005. Um, and I got them because I found them in a bargain bin for dirt cheap at Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think those were, the first, those were the games that made me realize, oh, games could be so much more. Like, at that point in time, I played a few... I think it was like 2005. I just realized that the mid 2000s is technically 2010 to 2019 now. Oh my god! Oh god! <laughs> I can't use that term what? anymore. Um. <laughs> but yeah. Um. For me, Tomb Raider was like. <laughs> Tomb Raider was. I wanted an Indiana Jones game, but no one really made one. And that's what I got out of Tomb Raider. But if I'd, oh, I really like these, these kinds of games. Uh-huh. Um, I have memories. I haven't played the reboots, uh, mostly because from what I've heard, is that they're, they're used to, to stress test a lot of PCs. Oh. <laughs> That's what I, I guess. Heard. I mean, I know that the uh, the engine that Crystal Dynamics used for the recent trilogy was pretty up there in terms of like graphical nuance. I know. If, I think uh, it's they Shadow of the Tomb Raider is the one that um, everyone uses. Yes. 
that game has a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently that game looks amazing. In I'm sure it does. I'll find out soon when I get to it. Because <laughs> I actually have not played Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I've only played Tomb Raider and Rise of the Tomb Raider of that trilogy. Uh, so when, when this uh, deal came out, I was like, oh, lit. I'll buy all three and replay them. Uh, but my first uh, experience with Tomb Raider was with Tomb Raider 2 back in 1997. Long, long ago. Um, so that was the game that uh, I f- that first got me into uh, the Tomb Raider. And, you know, this being 1997 and me being a pre you know, a horny teenager, oh my it God. was hot chick on a game. I'm going to play it. Um, but what I quickly found was like, this was something that for all the jokes that we make of Tomb Raider, especially as the games went on and she went from being more of the action adventure, badass character to one of the penultimate sex symbols of the gaming industry. Um, this was a female character who leapt straight f- face first into danger, fighting Tyrannosaurus Rexes in underground caverns and evil military organizations yeah. over the course of a bunch of games. Uh, so from ninety from nineteen ninety six all the way up until two thousand three. He had like this whole crazy story of Lara essentially Indiana Jones in everything and finding and fighting a bunch of malicious bad guys and even like evil versions of herself. Oh yeah, she did do the that. Got- <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. I remember the tsunami re- review for that too. <laughs> Um, but mind you, this most recent reboot wouldn't be the first time that there was an actual reboot-ish kind of thing. Um, so I believe it was after Angel of Darkness, which is one of the last few games to come out. Uh, Tomb Raider, a lot of people kind of like fell off of the franchise. Most people didn't think, uh, it would ever be good. Uh, then we got Tomb Raider Legend. Um, which would have come out on the actual, like, PlayStation 2, Xbox 360. I remember getting it for the 360 uh, at launch. Yeah, it was actually Yeah. And this one would be, like, one of the first... It would be, like, the first soft reboot that we would get up until this recent trilogy. Um... And whereas the other games followed, like, Lara chasing in her father's footsteps, uh, these games were more about her following her mother's, like, mysterious disappearance and stuff like that. Uh, So you had Tomb Raider Legend. uh, There was the Tomb Raider Anniversary, which was a full-on remake of the original Tomb Raider, but changed a little bit so that it fit the storyline of legend. And then we got Tomb Raider then we got Tomb Raider Underworld, which was a direct sequel to Tomb Raider Legend. And that story went places. That putting uh, it nicely. <laughs> also, that's putting it nicely. <laughs> so this game was on the end gauge. The Tomb Raider Legend? Yeah, no, Tomb Raider Underworld. I'm looking at it right now. It was on Windows, DS, OS X, a Mac, that's weird. PS3, PS2, Wii, Xbox 360, and the N Right. Wow. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so we had that sort of, uh, those little, like, mini trilogy within and of itself. And these games all came out back to back. Like Legend was two thousand six, Anniversary was dropped in like the year after Underworld was two thousand eight. So Crystal Dynamics really pushed these games out super quickly, uh in a short span of time. Yeah. Um, Legend like the quality obviously dipped from game to game to game. 
and we wouldn't see another mainline game between 2008 until 2013's Tomb Raider. Actually, no. Um, um, 2010. <laughs> Guardian of Light. So that was not a mainline game. That was one of those like fancy schmancy spinoffs Nuff with game? the top, the top, the top-down action RPG thing. Yeah, remember when they released the Legacy of Kane skins for that game? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, you're right. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one, no one counts that. <laughs> no one counts that game. <laughs> no one counts that game. It's the <laughs> it's the Windows uh, ME. Of Laura Croft games. <laughs> um, which is funny because the game did get a sequel. Uh, so that released in 2010, and the sequel was like the Temple of Osiris. Yeah, yeah. And that Temple came out like four years after. Um, but between 2008 and 2013, uh, Crystal Dynamics really struggled with how they wanted, you know, Lara Croft uh, to be presented. Um, at this time, the whole notion of Tomb Raider as a franchise was a joke. You had two kind of successful movies that starred Angelina Jolie in the main role, uh, but they were very camp. They were very campy. Uh, it was very obvious the movies did not take themselves seriously. Um, so a lot of the because of their campiness, they, they remind me of some of the, like indie, like that that eighties era, like action. Right. Uh, yeah, the eighties B movie. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I mean. Like the eighties B movie. Like I'm not talking about like AAA like movies or anything. I'm talking about like that B movie that ends up becoming like, oh, it's not a great movie, but you'll still watch it because you have fond memories of it of how like it made you feel. <laughs> Yeah, and then you watch it and you're like, man, this was awful. I know, and then you get a second appreciation for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, like with the Super Mario Bros. Exactly. movie. I remember as a kid, I loved that movie. And then there was one time it went on TV and I was like, hey, I remember this. And then I watched it and I felt my soul disappear. <laughs> I was just like, how did I like this as a kid? Holy crap! What drugs were I on? And then, and then you rewatch it again later in life. You're like, I understand why I liked it now. Yes, because it's obviously made for a very small child audience. audience. Yeah, it's, it's a, like yeah. <laughs> um, but at, but before Tomb Raider 2013 came out, there was a lot of consensus on whether or not. Lara Croft or even the Tomb Raider franchise could even remain relevant. Uh, a lot of this was also due in part to the fact that the Uncharted series had come out and we had, you know, Nathan Drake uh, jokingly referred to as the Dude Raider uh, really escalate and upscale this, uh, the genre of that style of game, you know, the, the Indiana Jones style type thing. Right. But, you know. If it wasn't for Tomb Raider, we wouldn't have the Uncharted series, but it definitely took the inspirations from Tomb Raider and also from the Indiana Jones movies and movies of that nature, National Treasure, etc. And uh, rolled it into the end. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so a, a lot of questions came about on whether or not if they were even to do a new Tomb Raider, uh, would they be able to make it relevant again and at this point in time you know Lara Croft when she came about and started out as this ultimate badass heroine um, she was almost turned into a joke by the very industry herself because they, they went and they dove head on into her sex appeal yeah. you know with focusing more on her curves you know, not that that's a bad thing, but you know, it was obvious. It was very obvious where the attention started to go when it came to the games. You know, more about how she looked and her less feminine wiles, and less yeah. about the actual game. You know, right. uh, so that's why when the reboot franchise came out, it was such a breath of fresh air because they really started all over again from the beginning, and it was a rebirth 
for the franchise, and that's one of the things that I was hoping to find. Unfortunately, uh, the website's down. So one of my personal favorite reviews I did back when Gino and I were under a different publication, I had done a review of the 2013 Tomb Raider, and the title of it was Why Lara Croft Still Matters. And one of the things I highlighted was how the game started off, because you, know, you start off with a, a shipwreck, and she's thrown ashore on this mysterious island. And one of the first scenes in the game is her literally crawling out of a crumbling cave and out of the dirt, so to speak. She's reborn from the earth itself. And before that segment, she's chased by crazy men, almost crushed and impaled and dead essentially. Yeah. And it was so harrowing and so frantic and so scary because like they really sell you that she's this really timid young woman who's unsure of her place in the world. And in the first fifteen to twenty minutes of the game she goes through literal hell until she's out of the earth sort of like being reborn again by Mother Earth herself. And then the rest of the game, you know, she grows more into the character that we know and love. Um, I, I always, like, I, I hearken to it. Um, um, but, it, like, I remember when that game first came out, a lot of people like that first section. Like, it was too violent, it it was too realistic for a lot of people at the time, and mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, but that's the thing. It's like, but it doesn't. It, they they were complaining that it felt too weak, and it's just like, well, this is the first game. She's not this battle-hardened like person. Uh, the other character that I tend to, where I think. Um, I think a lot of a lot of people were worried about this game also because we had another reboot, per se, another uh, female character in, in the sense of uh, Metroid, where Metroid right. the Other M kind of threw everyone off because if you really didn't follow the um, the lore of Metroid, like Samus wasn't this silent, wrong protagonist the entire time. That game apparently takes the very first mission. So yeah, she she's questioning herself and everything, and people didn't like that. So I think a lot of people were really, really unsure about this game. Um, I remember watching my friends play. I think I watched you play this actually. Um, it was actually possibly. It was. It, I think it's still one of my favorite. Um, one of my favorite cosplays to see, honestly, like to this day. That is the Tomb Raider people tend to cosplay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it says a lot, you know, based on how different the industry approached it. Because at the same time, we also had changes in the industry. We had, oh, yeah. you know, a, a lot of the gaming industry moving away from viewing female video game characters as sex symbols and more into, like, what we have today. You know, they're, they look like regular women and they they got battle armor on, and they don't take no shit. And that's the way it should be, you know. We don't need 100% of the sex appeal. Is it nice? Yeah, I'm a guy. I'm not going to lie. It's nice, but I don't need it. Not, I'm a lot older. I'm more mature now. Back and then, then there's I Bayonetta. Was a scrappy... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm in a new meta, you know? <laughs> and out of nowhere, there's Bayonetta just standing there menacingly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, like, but the, th okay. the things that can be said based on how Tomb Raider, um, you know, very much like how 2018's God of War changed the way a masculine character can be in a video game where, yes, you can be macho and you can be super strong, but you can also still show emotion. Uh, we had the same thing happen, uh, for female characters in game. In gaming, and a lot of that is owed to Lara Croft. Yeah. Um, 
you know, we had this character who obviously was made to be gawked at initially. And it was very obvious that her sexuality was the selling point. And then they turned it around to where she could be more of the role model of video games. More of the, you know, uh, what I'm trying to find the word. More of the empowering figure for women uh, that she was always meant to be. <laughs> um, so congrats to 25 years. Uh, Lara Croft, you have been a large part of my personal gaming experience. I will always be a fan. I look forward to the new movie. I look forward to the animated series. And I hope that there is a new game coming. Uh, I would I love to see on a new... Well, they haven't really... They haven't confirmed anything for next gen. No, they haven't said anything. I'm hoping that's one of the announcements. You know, not outside of this Team Raider Reloaded thing for the mobile games. Um, I feel like not only do we need it, I think Crystal Dynamics also needs it in a way because Avengers isn't doing too hot and they need a win. <laughs> and what better way to win than with another Tomb Raider and the return of gaming's true femme fatale, Lara Croft. That. <laughs> That's gonna do it. That's gonna do it for today's show, everybody. Stick around though, because after the show, we'll have RJ and Joel come on for some roommates, more of the visual novel goodness. But if you like today's show and want to keep the conversation going, you can definitely do so over in our Discord. Feel free to tag me at Omega Z if you want to talk about any of the things we discussed on today's episode. Uh, or you can sit around and chat with all of us in there. If you're looking to support us, please be sure to give us a follow or a subscription if you feel inclined. But you can also check us out with our merch over at our Stream Elements store. Indulge yourself with our D hoodie, our D t-shirt, and our D mug. And while you're at it, Check out our sponsor as well, ImageAnime.com. And if you find anything there with the numerous, numerous toys and model figures and everything that you can find over there, all in-stock items, you can save 20% off with our code DISCOUNT20. And check out the Tamashi Nations pop-up if you are in the New York City area in the heart of Midtown, right near the Rockefeller Center area. The same people who run Image Anime are running that pop-up shop as well. So definitely say hi. Tell them D sent you. Uh, we will have a special feature courtesy of the pop-up shop coming real soon. So stay tuned to all of our social medias at the top of the screen there, as well as over at our main website, DigitalEraEntertainment.com. Speaking of Image Anime, while we're on that subject, if you want to check out what some of the items look like in-store, there is a small pop-up display over at our base of operations, the Waypoint Cafe at 65 Ludlow Street in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Say hi to Gino or myself if you decide to swing on there. We're usually popping in there from time to time. I'll be there all day Saturday participating in the Dragon Ball Super Card Game Regional Championship. It's going to be an online regional via webcam. So it's going to be really interesting. I've done webcam events before. Um... So this is going to be a little bit of a tougher tournament. I'm looking forward to it. Still best of one? This one is still best of one, yes. <laughs> this, they just gave us more time. They gave a, they, We have 50 minutes to do best of one. And I said, I don't want to do that. I'm going to make my games last 15 and end on two turns. So <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to have to stress myself out. <laughs> Anyways, guys. We're going to switch over to RJ and Joel for some more roommates action. And stay tuned. we got more streams coming throughout the week, as well as our regular feature streams almost daily. And our radio dramas coming up soon, too, with our Endless 8 feature of the Harari Suzumiya show. 
definitely look forward to all that there. <laughs> it's going to be fun, fun, fun. But as always, until next time, you've been decoded.